You're listening to the Brand Interrupted Podcast, a space dedicated to inspire, teach, and heal through the power of story, resilience, and vulnerability. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brittany Hammond, filmmaker, personal brand strategist, and the founder of Untamed Lifestyle and Business. Tim Shank is your professional fan. He uses copywriting and personal brand coaching services to help you project your best self out there to your audience. He approaches his work as the biggest raving fan of his clients in order to promote them and their growing fan bases. You can usually find Tim drinking iced tea, making bad puns, and blowing bubbles. And I gotta say, he walks the talk because this is exactly how I met Tim. He was so incredibly supportive to me and we just met on the internet. Good morning, Tim. Thank you so much for being here on the Brand Interrupted podcast today. I am so excited to have you. And uh, even though we kind of met under odd circumstances in the online world, um, yeah, it's like a blessing in disguise. How are you doing today? Pretty good. It's a cold and snowy day here in New Hampshire, so it's more like work week interrupted for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, not really, actually. My snow days and even sick days when you're an entrepreneur actually end up becoming the most productive because you take on all the stuff that you push to the side when you're doing all your other marketing and calls and meetings and client work. I so hear you on that. I had a Mexico week trip interrupted where I thought I was going to be working so hard all week and that did not happen. But that's okay. Because <laughs> that's the freedom of working for yourself. So what doesn't what doesn't get done in Mexico stays not in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> that gets crammed into this week before I go to New York. <laughs> oh. So tell me um, a little bit about your business and where you're at. Well, uh, I am a, uh, I call myself the professional fan because I position myself as a raving fan uh, of the people who I'm serving. You know, I, I like to work with people who I get to really admire what they do, but also get to really love who they are as people. And my business is based on encouraging them, helping them project their best selves out into the world so they can have their raving fans, so they can be like rock stars. Mm. And I do that. My services are content writing, what is traditionally known as copywriting in the marketing world. And I just really, really do not like that term. So I, uh, it just implies mm. unoriginality. Um, mm. And using the written word to project you know, people's stories and people's great talents and what they can do for others and also personal brand expression coaching helping Mm -hmm. you figure out what your target audience needs to hear most from you and how you're going to say that to them that sounds amazing and even i can tell how well articulated that is so it just makes it super clear how did you get into this business I, I almost want to say that it just came to me. It didn't really just come to me. It came to me you know, over a lot of gradual revelations. Yeah, I had worked in different mm-hmm. fields in finance and education and customer service and even and some marketing. Uh, and I knew I really wanted to get into promotions. And I started to make a lot of friends through social media and going to live events in the business world and in the arts and music world. I, I, I got to 
know incredibly talented people who created great things, had great businesses or worked for great businesses. And it wasn't just that they were, it wasn't just that they had this gift, but that they were good people and they were using those gifts to bring something positive in their, into the community around them. Mm. And those are the people who I really wanted to support. So I wanted to create a brand of myself to do that. And professional fan just really came out of how I was seen in the community. I was seen as the super fan of people in business and in arts. So it just came natural to me and said, this is how people see me. This is how I know to be. This is that, you know, my, this is the purpose that I have to serve mm-hmm. these communities. I really like that term professional fan because I think that um, we do, I mean, I come from a performing background and so, you know, you need that element of, you know, it's a two way street. You have someone performing and you have someone watching. And so you need that uh, fan base and you need that even to just, you know, continue to grow and, and be seen. And I think that, um, especially I'm going to say like in the online world, but I think more so than ever today, we do really need that support system. Um, and I think that, um, again, coming from, you know, show business and performing, I mean, it's such a cutthroat industry that you don't always get those like supportive people around you. You kind of get people actually pulling you down, um, more than anything. So I, I just love that, that concept that you've, you've come up with. Or you get sometimes the, the fair weather fans, the ones who are only there for your successes and then drop off site as soon as you have, as soon as you're not in the spotlight as much as you were before, or that you know, yeah. you're a pat where you're a passing fad to some people. So what, yeah. you, but what you really want to have is those people who aren't just paying for what you offer that don't just buy from you, but they also talk about you. They become loyal supporters, friends, even in some cases, some of the relationships that you build can almost feel like family. They are going to talk you up, um, yeah. express the difference that what you do made in their lives or their careers or their businesses. And, and even people who they may not necessarily be the ones who are going to be buying from you, but something resonates with them that they want to follow you, support you, uh, talk you up to people who could really use what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Tell me when you were a kid, what, was your, you know, when you ask, they ask you when you're a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What, what was that thing for you? Well, it depends on the day. One day I wanted to be a rock star. The next day I wanted to be an action star. The next day I wanted to be a movie director. <laughs> um, the, there was that fun phase through high school and college where I really wanted to be a talk radio host or a cable news pundit. And I don't really look back on, I kind of look back on that and like, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) There's a com. there was a common thread. I just really wanted to do something that was creative, that was fun, but also contributed something that made a difference for people that people enjoyed that I could leave a positive legacy and that, people could say, yeah, this is what a Tim Shank creation was. Yeah. 
I, I love that because I think that our childhood really leaves clues for us. I like when people are talking about finding their purpose and finding their passion, I mean, this has always been valid for me, but I was curious if it was the same for other people. And I have a very similar, um, what's the word I'm looking for kind of experience as you as there's always been like a thread kind of like leading to me to where I am today. And if you look back to when I was a kid, I was like writing screenplays and always performing and always, you know, always having that duality of like being on stage, like being the star, but then being, you know, the director of the show too. And I didn't know how that was going to manifest or how that was actually going to show up in my life later. But those elements were always there as a kid. Um, So I think that's really interesting. I always say that your biggest struggle is your greatest gift. And I would love to hear how that resonates for you and what that brings up for you. There's a lot. Uh, I would say one of the biggest struggles though has been that, you know, I have dealt with anxiety and depression most of my life from my teenage years to even now I've learned to manage it a little better, but you know, it's not one of those things that it goes away and you get over it and everything's better. It's something that creeps up and you learn how to manage it. Um, Mm. And I, I learned how to manage it by one thing was just more having to embrace who I was. That was Mm. a lot of it came from, feeling like I couldn't be accepted by anybody else as I has, I really was that everyone was going to look at me and see somebody who was too different, too strange, too out there. And I was looking for that approval and that acceptance. And I came to a realization and not just recently. So this came well into my adult life. I'm in my thirties now that I had to give that to myself before I could ask for it from anybody else. Mm, yes. Yeah. Is there a, do you know where the anxiety comes from? Well, I've always just been very shy and anxious at first, which people who know me today are shocked because they know how outgoing and social I can be these days. But sometimes I do have that anxiousness, that fear of uncertainty if I'm in a place where I don't know all the people or I don't know like if anything that doesn't feel that felt like routine that felt familiar was scary. And I would have mm-hmm. to get used to my surroundings and let something become familiar until it wasn't scary anymore. And so how do you conquer that today or more so how, how could that hold you back today or how has that held you back? Well, it certainly held me back from being as visible as I've wanted to be in the last couple of years. I know that. I know that it. I've been able to develop great relationships lately that I possibly could have actually done earlier had I not had to work through a lot of anxieties. You know, it 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 create it sometimes creates a fear in you, uh, a fear of letting people down, a fear that any people, things, any other blessings that you have are just going to disappear tomorrow and you have to hold on to things as tightly as you can. And 
Mm. It create it creates an unhealthy mindset for you. Right. Because the reason why I'm really zoning in on this, I think this is an area where a lot of people get stuck. And I know for myself personally, um, I was just working with like a spiritual healer slash psychic yesterday. And specifically on these issues, because similar to you, I have suffered from anxiety my whole life. And now it's, you know, it's manageable. I, I do different things to really calm that down. And I don't know if it'll ever really go away, but um, I just think it's something interesting that people, you know, say, for example, you have like a fear of being visible and someone says to you, well, just go on live, just do it. And it's like, it's not that, it's not as easy as that um, because you have all these like, all the baggage behind it and all the trauma of like whatever you've experienced um, growing up that has like led you to those fears and having that anxiety around, around being visible. And I just, I really want to tap into this a little bit more to give the listeners um, some more insight and some more tools around actually working around that. Um, this is something that, you know, I had to almost like intellectually, like, create the process for myself. I didn't have the type of support when I was younger to really break through these things. And so it might sound counterintuitive to be like, well, I'm a performer and I don't like being visible, but it like, it really made my performing career go up and down and up and down. And there's moments where I had like no problem being on stage. Um, I wanted to be in the spotlight and there's other times where I did not want to be seen. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit more about, well, tell me your stance on this. Yeah, well, it seems like a contradiction, but it's a, our real lives are sometimes contradictory. I, I love being social, but I'm also sometimes very introverted. I, I love being around mm. people, but I also know my own energetic limits where I know I need to pull back and take a break and give myself some me time for maybe a day. So it's not uncommon. And as far as how I, how I manage it, um, I, I like to surround myself with things, sounds, images, feelings that evoke positive emotions that evoke safety, that evoke security and comfort in different ways. Maybe they evoke good feelings of things that I had as a child or just something that, evokes peace like Mm. images of yeah images of very close friends uh you and listening to music that puts you in a really good feeling uh you know for my Mm. for myself it's playing old school video games uh listening to 80s hair metal watching (laughs) classic simpsons episodes i mean these are things that these are things that evoke good happy fun optimistic feelings where i get into a really good comfortable place Mm. and there's probably also some headbanging involved (laughs) and some and some throne controllers and swearing depending on the video game i'm playing (laughs) we'll just put it this way so in in the u.s the entire mario kart franchise is rated e for everyone but my dialogue while playing mario kart is rated m for mature (laughs) gotcha (laughs) so was there ever a moment um where you just felt like giving up? Like what was your, you know, I don't always like to say rock bottom moment. Cause I, you know, not everyone 
has that moment, but I think we all have moments where, and I mean, I had like 10 of them this year, like 10, <laughs> 10 moments this year where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to give up. This is not working. Um, only 10. <laughs> if, it's, if it's, if it's only 10, you're actually much far ahead of most people, including myself. <laughs> I might have that moment like weekly, but like, you know, the real moments where I think in the past, um, I think I had two legit moments this year where I was like, actually like sincerely wondering, like, can I do this? Am I capable of this? And you wonder like, or well, for me, this is um, specific to what I was going through, but, um, you're like, do I close down shop? Like, do I want to run this business? Am I cut out for this? Um, have you ever had one of those moments before that you can really take us through? There's a few. Um, I can tell you the first one is, well, one of the first ones that comes to mind is I'm, I'm ready. The reason I ask, so I just want to specify this just for the listeners. Cause I think what happens is that, and I'm not saying this is, you know, for you, Tim, but we try and sugarcoat a lot of things. And it's like, when you do that, you're being a disservice to your audience right? Because you're not really telling them like the nitty gritty of what really happens being an entrepreneur. And so I really want to like strip that down, like get, you know, like bare naked and just tell the truth for what it is to really help those people um, that need that support and are not, you know, won over by the whole 10K months and all the success stories that, you know, quite frankly, I don't find that inspiring. I find it more inspiring listening to someone who who really overcomes some type of challenge and really is honest about that that journey. So, sorry, sidebar. Just wanted absolutely. to. <laughs> well, absolutely. And even when someone says instant 10K months, number one, it I always feel like there's something more that they're not saying. Like some, there's always a half truth to some of those. Mm. And also someone saying, someone just saying, well, hey, I make, I suddenly made six figures in a month. I would also say, well, all, you know, Walter White did that too. So my, <laughs> so I would say, how did you do that? And did what you do have a positive impact on people around you? Right. Cause it's about, it's about making a, li- making the living that you want to have, but also doing it so in a way that it adds value to the world around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll jump into, jump into my time machine and go to about actually a year ago, like this mm-hmm. year, how I start, I started new year's 2017 feeling like this is going to, I already feel like this is going to be the best, most abundant year for me in life and in brand. Mm-hmm. I, I had a number of really good client leads, possibly a pipeline for just constant work. I had a, I was lined up for an awesome speaking engagement that was going to be a game changer. And I had who I thought were like, I had my, I had, well, I had mostly my best team tribe, whatever you want to call it, community around me. And I had, including a few people who I kept very close. Uh, And then suddenly within the course of a couple of weeks, the speaking engagement fell through. There were a lot of, there was a mess. There were a lot of hangups on that. Um, In the course of it, I, some, I lost a, a number of those very positive relationships. Some people that turned out to not be who I thought they were. Some people who, ver- who very much took advantage of me. And then some people who just 
walked off. They got what they needed from me and disappeared. I mean, not everybody did. I still had a number of people who I was close to then. I still am very much now, but I did lose a number of what I thought were important relationships. And mm-hmm. I just sat down and said to myself, well, if this is what it's going to be like, screw it. I might as well, might as well just quit, go back to doing the real world thing that everybody else does and stay back in safety. Mm. When you look back at that, do you see... Um, do you see why it all would have happened within that time frame? Like, have you been able to pull out the gem or the silver lining in that? Well, in th- in reflecting on it, even right now as I'm telling you the story, I would say that everything happened, those things all happening as quickly as they did, it was really a lot of doors closing and a lot of space opening very, very quickly that needed to be filled with better things. Because I know I'm starting this year with much better, clearer, genuine, concrete opportunities. I have a much stronger support base around me. It includes the people who have always been, it includes the people who have always been there, even the people who were still close to me last year that stayed that way, that were real, that were genuine. And those Mm. voids that were created got filled and they got filled with something much better. Here's a tough question. Is there any way that you could take any personal responsibility for any of that? Yes. You know, I could have been a lot, I could have been more cautious. I could have seen warning signs that anything, mm-hmm. anything or any person that didn't, that didn't seem right or something was going wrong. I could have trusted intuition or yeah, been trustful, but verifying and guarding. Yeah. And, and also having a back, and also having backup plans, having your, if you're have a have a plan for your year, for your month, for your week, for your day that is open to flexibility. Something doesn't work out. Okay, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Don't don't let fall don't let falling off don't let falling off one boat drag you down underwater. Right. You fall off one, you fall off one boat. You eye the you eye the next boat to climb on. Yeah, I think that that's such a. The reason why I asked is because I think it's so important for us to empower us, like, instead of, and I, you know, again, I'm not saying you did this, but instead of kind of like blaming circumstances or I have no clients or I have no money or like, you know, kind of pointing the finger elsewhere, really empowering yourself to take responsibility. Like what was my part in this? And then, and I think even by what you just said, like, you know, being more aware of the people you invite in your life, setting boundaries. I mean, I think these things are, I think we all struggle with these things. Um, I know I've had big projects fall through um, and I didn't see those warning signs in the beginning. You know, I had a, a really big film project fall through with a really close friend and we didn't have a contract signed. And so even though I was so mad what happened, I had to take the responsibility to be like, well, 
I thought it was a friend. I didn't make a contract. And this was in September, by the way. This was recent. And I've been in business for four years. <laughs> so always have a contract. That's a yeah. lesson I keep learning the hard way. Always have a contract. I've had to deal I've had to deal with some things recently that could have that could have been less problematic had I made a clear contract. Yeah. So okay, navigate us back through going back to you. Um going back to the beginning of mid uh 2017. How did you then kind of pick yourself back up? A lot of reflection, a lot of just taking stock of my purposes. Uh I did join I took the time to look at the voids that were left by these opportunities falling through and these relationships ending. And I said, this is going to be an opportunity. There's no reason why other people should have this much power over me that anything that they do or don't do is going to destroy me or my brand. So I'm going to go forward. You know, I I have a purpose. There's I've been given these God-given gifts mm. to use in a certain way, and it's wrong for me to hold back on them because some things went wrong. And right. it's time to focus. I joined. Uh, I joined an awesome uh, membership community that was run by uh, two of my two very awesome mentors of mine got to make some incredible connections. Even it's funny. It was a paid online global entrepreneur network. And I ended up meeting a close accountability partner who lives 15 minutes from me. Wow. <laughs> You're going, going global to find a local connection. It was, it was great. And <laughs> that's funny. Continuing, continuing to put myself out there in the places that I already was being more visible in my live in-person networking groups. Uh, just it, and keep putting it out there, putting the communications out to them that hey, I'm always, I'm here to, I'm here to be visible. Whatever I can do, whatever, however I can use my talents for you, I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's gained me some new clients. Uh, I became an ambassador for one of my networking groups, uh, where I'm like a face that helps greet and make new people feel welcome, as as I was as I was made to feel welcome when I joined. Mm. I I gain new great opportunities i mean i'm start i'm start i'm starting the year with this interview so it, it's <laughs> already, hey, great opportunity good opportunities are already coming this is what the fourth day of 2018 and i'm already yeah. doing a I'm, I'm, I'm already doing a podcast interview so yeah and i mean that's why i said like and i mean i'm not gonna obviously disclose the details of how <laughs> i have a little internet drama of how we met but i mean like you know I think that's, it was like a blessing in disguise, you know, sometimes like you get led to people and interestingly enough, so my mastermind buddy, uh, she lives in New York city and that's part of the reason that I'm going to New York city this weekend is to actually meet her because we talk like multiple times a day um, since July, (laughs) like pushing each other to like hit our goals. And I think that when you, create those connections and you have that support. Um, I mean, I don't know how long you've been working with yours now for, but um, it's incredible when you have someone there behind you that, you know, those days um, where you just don't feel like working and you just don't feel like doing anything. You're just not motivated or inspired 
and you have that person there that can really like lift you back up and remind you of your, your purpose and your mission. Absolutely. The people who I consider to be my accountability buddies, my partners, my mastermind partners, whatever words you want to use, the people who I talk to on a daily basis about business and keeping each other accountable, they're the people who have that connection where I just meet them and within a few days or a week, it feels like we have known each other for years and it's, I can't imagine what my life was like without this friendship. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any themes? If you have to look back at your life, what are some themes that you had? Be yourself. Love yourself. Remember that you're always supported. And also never wear a Speedo again. <laughs> I swam. Have, I was a swimmer in high school, so I had to wear a speedo for four years. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How did you learn to love yourself? It's a question where I I know the answer to it, but I don't know how to phrase it because it it was just a gradual process. It was. Re- as it was just revealed to me, I just, it, it just happens one day mm. that I decided, you know what? I'm really, really tired of suppressing who I am because it might, because other people might not understand or might be uncomfortable because it's not what they think of that. I'm not people's image of what why they think you, I should be. Why do you feel like you were suppressing who you were? So I, th- I feel like I really did have to. Like I would bring out a little bit of my personality and people wouldn't react to it very positively or wouldn't know what to do. And that just made me kind of suppress it. And I got, you know, I had these other messages being sent coming to me growing up that people would see me as weird, so don't be you, kind of, basically. Right. And so did you have to learn how to reprogram your brain? Like, did you, like at some point, was this a conscious process for you to heal that to the point that, cause I know what you're saying when you're like, well, I suddenly one day it was like, I loved myself, but like, was there a, a one point, like what kind of like sparked off that that journey where you were like, you know, what, what was the moment where you were like, fuck this. Like my life is not working. Like I got to heal this shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> oh, tr- trust me. You, uh, I'm actually, this is actually a more PG 13 interview for me as far as <laughs> usually, usually I'm the one dropping the F bomb, but still, we're still not done yet. So it could, it could still happen. Yeah. <laughs> One moment that really hit me was around, I would say it was around 2012. I was working in a corporate job and my wife was in cancer treatments. And throughout that, we had gotten a lot of, we were very, very supported by friends and family and and her colleagues. On the other hand, at my job, I was getting harassed by my management 
being threatened with being fired, being told that I was bringing team morale down because I was trying to balance doing my job and taking care of her. And that it snapped something in me to say, you know what? I can't keep pursuing the path that other people say that I should pursue if this is what I have to deal with. Mm. You know, no, whatever I could get out of this career path is not worth dealing with people who, who will treat me this way. Right. So how do you, how do you use that today? Like, how would you, what would you say to someone today that is at that fed up moment where they just, they just want to be themselves and they just want to be liked and appreciated for who they are? Tell them that it's tell them that it's okay. Then also tell them that you have to what you're seeking from other people, you really have to give to yourself first. Mm. Because people will when people see somebody confidently loving themselves, it's not it's not going to attract everybody. It, yeah, it you still might you know, there's that phrase, you're not everybody's cup of tea. And mm. of course you're not everybody's cup of tea because the world is addicted to coffee, even though tea is much better. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tea drinker. I, I, tell, I tell my friends that when they ask me about what coffee I like, I'm like, I like my coffee to have tea ingredients, tea flavors, and it's called tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking but coffee I, right now. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have an intervention about that later. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm half European. So like having the espresso, it's just a part of the, the lifestyle. Yeah, if that's true. When when in Rome, or in your case, when in France. Yeah, except I'm in Canada drinking filtered coffee right now. But hypothetically, <laughs> so. yeah, they have to. But yeah, what you're when people see it, it's not going. to – Yeah, some people will still be repelled by your personality if it doesn't click with theirs. But somebody confident. But when you are confidently loving yourself, you give people permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. If you if it if it's clear you're hiding who you are, then of course it's giving people a reason to feel pause and feel worried and feel like oh is is your real self something somebody I should be afraid of or is it something that is negative? But when you confidently put yourself out there and say this is this is who I am, you're inviting people who you're inviting people who will appreciate that about you you know the things that you may be suppressing about yourself could make a huge difference in somebody else's life and if you're not comp and you and there's probably somebody who needs to hear what you have to say about that if you're confidently loving who you are and saying that you know who i who i was designed by god to be is okay you're giving other people the inspiration to do the same for themselves Right. I had um, an incident. I I was speaking with my sister just, I think it was like a week or two weeks ago now. And we were talking about, I think there's some quote around this, but I, I was having to like type up a message to someone and I couldn't figure out what to say. And I kept asking other people, like, should I say this? Should I not say this? And then I'm like basically walking on eggshells. And my sister just said to me like, you won't know, you can't control how someone's going to react. All you can do is just show up as yourself. But if you're crafting your message in a way that's not you, then that person's going to react 
in a way that's not necessarily a reflection of who you really are. And this was just like, you know, to a family member, it wasn't even business related. And it just kind of like dawned on me. I was like, ah, yes. Like this is the same when I'm going out there as the face of my brand and my business, like really just owning who I am and not, you know, changing or modifying my message based on what I think people want to hear, you know? And people can, people are very intuitive these days. They can tell when you're wearing a mask. You know, we have mm. we have very good bullshit detectors these days, <laughs> and it, it, and it can it can be very it can be very obvious if your message is just a is just a cookie cutter clone of somebody else too. Yeah. And also, anytime imitate and you know the copy is never as good as the original. So yeah. when you are regurg- when you're just regurgitating or when you're when you're hiding behind something else that's not genuinely you, yeah. it's noticeable. It doesn't look as good because you're trying to be somebody that you're not, and you don't have the ability. You know, you don't have the ability to do that. And I think that's why I, you know, I feel like we really come to. I feel like we met under circumstances and coming together today, like to go back to how we actually met. You know, to. To kind of illustrate like one of my biggest struggles in life, which I feel like is fairly evident, you probably picked up on it, is really being able to speak my voice and my truth. And so when I do, and then I get character assassinated, that did make me feel really bad, you know, because I am a human being and things were misinterpreted. And what that lesson taught me is that, um, A, (laughs) don't speak politics online. Just kidding. (laughs) It really taught me like... um, that I have to own what it is I, what it is I said and what my opinion was, you know, cause that was what I said was my truth. Um, and however people interpret that or whatever, is not my problem. I just have to own what I said and be confident in what I said and not, you know, not be forced to apologize for something that I wasn't really sorry for. So it really was like a, a very like, it was kind of like the last quarter of the year, this like boom <laughs> lesson, like in my face. Um, that's, uh, you know, even move, moving forward, even in terms of my own content creation. Um, I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking. I apologize. They are being really loud. Um, <laughs> it's like you said you didn't have to apologize for things you don't have to apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> apologizing for your dogs barking. <laughs> oh, let them bark on. <laughs> can't control, you can't get, you can't get, you can't always control your dogs barking, but you also can't control how other people are going to perceive you. Perceive uh, you. People, yes. People, absolutely. People, people come in with their own prejudices, their own interpretations, their own insecurities they're projecting out there. And mm-hmm. today we live in a very hyper polarized culture. I know I see this a lot, especially here in the U S that, People are filtering everything through the lenses of their ideologies. Yeah. Everything, anything that doesn't make sense, I have to filter it and fit it into my narrative somehow. And that's what leads to a lot of hostility that's been going on right now. Yeah. You know, we're, we're too, we don't speak to each other as human beings anymore. We filter each other through the lenses of, buzzwords and our popular hashtags and what I call polita speak, you know, the, mm-hmm. the popular speaking in the popular terms where it, it, it comes to a point where it almost feels like people are repeating cult like language. Yeah. Anyway, the popular, there's the, the popular documentary show 
on TV now where Leah Remini is exp- exposing a lot of things in the church of Scientology where she used to belong. And when I watch it, I think of people think of, well, how did an organization like this get so powerful where it can brainwash people and can attack yeah. people in a way that it does? I'm like, how is this? It's, it's to a more extreme example, but a lot of how we deal with politics and personal issues these days almost is the same way. Yeah. Filter th- you filter things through rigid ideology and dogma and anything that deviates is dangerous and you must, t- and you must take it down. Yeah, totally. Well, wrapping up, cause I know we're sort of running out of time here. Um, where, where can people find you? Do you have anything? Um, I'm going to include the links obviously in the show notes, but tell us what you offer. Um, do you have a freebie, something, how we can find you? Well, uh, you can find me on social media. Uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash shanknado. S-H-A-N-K-N-A-D-O. Uh, that's my branding term, Shanknado. It represents people at their highest, most confident, self-loving selves. Mm. And Instagram. Uh, Instagram, my Instagram name is Tim.shank. And I do have a web I do have a website upcoming in on my social media. I will be sharing once it's live and uh, giving all the promos of that. I have a really awesome designer that will be working on it. Cool. Exciting stuff. I always, always feel free to always feel free to reach out. If anything I say resonates, if I can help you in your personal branding with your content, uh, feel free to shoot me a message. Or if you know somebody who does, or you want, you want to try to have a coffee versus tea debate, which you will lose. (laughs) Go go ahead and come right out. Then shoot me a message. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here today, Tim. Uh, th- thank you for having me here, Brittany. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> and as I, as I always, I'll tell you listeners what I, what I say to my audience every time I end a conversation, stay in school, don't do drugs and eat your green beans, kids. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so nineties. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the brand interrupted podcast. I so appreciate you and your time. And to show that appreciation, I want to give you a free gift. Head on over to www.untamedrevolution.com forward slash gift to get instant access to my free four-part video series all about using the power of story, vulnerability, and resilience to make an impact and grow your business. We'll see you next week on the show. Bisous from Paris. Ciao, ciao.